You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number one hundred and fifty-nine, we're discussing our prelude to Captain Marvel, as well as X Men and Shazam trailers. I'm one of your host, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Troy, <laughs> and I'm Sanjay. We are down a man, but it is a different man that we are down <laughs> this week. We've got Sanjay back in the house, actually back via Skype. We just yeah. did, and we're just doing our first Sanjay Skype session as. He is Skyping from home while taking care of brand new baby. My man, welcome back to the show. Yeah, man, I got baby in one hand and I'm ready to podcast in the other. So let's do this thing. Yeah, this man comes prepared, doing it all, <laughs> jack of all trades, dadding it up, podcasting, as I'm, well as I'm preparing to as see. Speak. Yeah, breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> as well as getting prepared to see Captain Marvel. Very exciting times for us yeah. MCU fans. That movie is dropping this Thursday for us. So we're going to talk and walk through a prelude to Captain Marvel, like we usually do with the big MCU Star Wars and DC films we like to walk through and give a little bit of insight into the film to some of the characters that you guys are gonna see as you sit down to watch it to try to provide a little bit of context so you're not walking in completely blind now caveat we always put on this this is not an attempt to spoil anything we don't know anything more than you know we've stopped watching for the most part the tv spot trailers so the intent is not to spoil anything it's just to provide a little context around the film so that when you guys walk in you can fully focus and you're not thinking why is Captain Marvel punching that old woman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just have something to say. You know, I think it's really, really unfair that, you know, we've only had 20 Marvel films with male superheroes in the lead. And now we have a female superhero film with in the MCU. This is unbelievable. I mean, look at that ratio. Only 20 male films to one. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I mean, what next? I, I can't believe I can't believe this is happening. Like, I just got to let everyone of everyone know that this is unfair and unjust. I want it to be fair and equitable. <laughs> Sanjay is poking <laughs> the bear, coming in hot like his usual stuff. We have missed that sassiness on the podcast, that extra voice, just, you know, poking fandom around here. Yes, you are right. It has been a really <laughs> odd few weeks with regards to Captain Marvel. The Rotten Tomato stuff we discussed last week and mm -hmm. them cutting out the audience scores early on because of the attacks that it was getting, these unwarranted attacks. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, I I guarantee, like, a film like Norbit or, like, think of the worst movie you've ever heard. <laughs> Norbit, yeah, that's a great example. Right? Did not have an anticipation rating below, like, 80%. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like, this is just insane to me like this is happening like what's going on like i used i used to think like as a society we've like grown and evolved but then you see stuff like this and now mind you it, it is probably a very small minority yes a small vocal minority but this is this is crazy like i mean you have to talk about what we'll talk about briefly like come on guys like if, if you're doing this and you're listening to the show what are you doing yeah figure right? figure like, some things out yeah you are figure right life though. Out. 
we will get into that in quite a bit of detail here towards the back end of the episode because we've also got to talk a little bit about X-Men and Shazam. we got two new trailers dropping as well. We've got some catching up to do with you. It's been a few weeks since you've been on the pod, so I'm sure you've got some updates to give us from the Steelbook world. But first, oh, yeah. before we oh, get yeah. into any of that, we have to address the missing man in the room. That should be mm-hmm. one Troy the Boy 87. So he is missing in action, will likely be missing in action for the coming few weeks. Hopefully, we'll see if you can hop on the pod, maybe via Skype, to do a Captain Marvel review. But we haven't heard from him in a day or so. So yeah. he's been out there spiritually tweeting things. So we know he's out there, we know he's doing well. And so we're more or less anticipating that he is going through what you went through about a month ago, and he is working with his wife to introduce a new child to this world, a new fan, if you will, to this world. <laughs> yeah. And OK, so I got a question. First off, you know, Troy, if you're listening to this, you know, all the best to you and your lovely wife. Hopefully, you know, everything yes. goes well. Um, I'm sure it will. And I can't wait to hear, you know, because you've been keeping us in the dark, whether you're having a boy or a girl. So you know, I'm excited to hear that. And uh, I'm excited to catch up with you. But Tim, I got a question for you. So, okay, let me break this down, the scenario down for you. Yes. So, so you're in the delivery room, right? Okay. And your wife is getting ready to deliver. All of a sudden, boom, episode nine trailer hits. Do <laughs> you watch it? <laughs> the question I really have to ask myself here is does my wife listen to this podcast? (laughs) The question or the answer to that is likely no. (laughs) So would I watch it? It depends. Like, are we talking early on? Well, if if she's, if we're not in push mode, I'm watching (laughs) that trailer. Right. As long as contractions are more than two minutes apart, you can like watch the trailer in between contractions. Exactly. It'd be less than a two minute trailer. So there's my (laughs) answer ultimately. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude, let's jump into our week, our month in nerd here. Like we always do at the top of the show. If you're new here, one, welcome to, this is what we like to do. We run down what we've been collecting, what we've been reading in the last week. Now, Sanjay, just coming back on the pod for the first time, I think in about a month or maybe three weeks, you've probably Uh, got a long list of things to do. But before you jump into any of that, man, I know I'm kind of, I'm, you know, staggering us out here a little bit and making people wait for our weekend nerd. Just got to hear, how's the family doing, my man? I know there's people out there that are sending well wishes and all that. Just give the, give the listeners a little bit of an update. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First off, shout out to everyone that's wished me well. Um, Everyone on Twitter, uh, Tim, Troy, Carlos, just everyone uh, grabs just just you guys have been phenomenal you guys are like a second family to me um but my first family is doing really well uh <laughs> wife and baby uh both doing really well uh my oldest doing well as well so it's uh it's been a fun time it's been an interesting time but it's something that i would wouldn't give up for the rest of the world like it's That's been awesome. it's been an experience you'll you'll see it yourself in a couple weeks here yeah but it's something that you know it's it's been exciting. It's been fun. You know, surprisingly getting a decent amount of sleep. So uh, That's good. Fingers crossed, man, that both Troy yeah. and I have that same experience. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, I know you've been doing a little collecting in the background, a little bit of steelbook purchasing. What, how has your collection grown since the last time we talked to you? Oh, my man, it's grown a lot. Like It seems like every week I'm picking up a new steelbook. So I picked up uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph oh, nice. Breaks the Internet. Nice, great Actually, movie. really funny. I, th- I thought the first half was amazing with all the references and all the internet stuff and humor. Phenomenal. I, I still like the first one better, but this one was a good sequel. Yeah. Um, 
I'm getting onto that MCU steelbook. So, you know, I'm a couple, uh, a couple away, but I ended up picking up Captain America, first Avenger. Yes. And you hooked me up too. Yeah. Yeah. And then me and Carlos went in and we picked up incredible Hulk steelbooks from the U S so nice. Got those shipped to us and, uh, gotta say they look nice. They look nice. So I'm now just missing the first two Iron Man films and the first two Thor films. And, uh, it's a completed MCU collection. Yeah, it gives you a nice breath of fresh collecting air, right? It's like, as soon as you get those, that sigh, right? And then you're going to move on to the next piece of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and today, picked up Creed II Steelbook. Nice. So uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I love the first one. So I'm super excited to watch this one. Yeah, I'm in the same space. I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, no, surprisingly, I kind of slept on it. I kind of slept on the whole Creed franchise, to be honest with you, until like a month ago. Yeah. And I was like, I should give this Creed like thing a go. And I saw the first one and I was just like, why did I wait like so long to see this? Like I, I felt kind of bad that I, because I waited so long, I couldn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Y- you know, I had that envy. It's, it's really good, you know, and I missed the, and it was one of the, my more anticipated films for last year and I've missed it. I've still yet to see Creed two and yeah. Rocky four is my favorite Rocky. And this, like I'd said before, is like a pseudo sequel to mm-hmm. Rocky four. And I just haven't had that opportunity to get to it. So it might be this weekend. Maybe this weekend I'll jump into it, just rent it. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's almost signed me a digicode. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do like a, a, a punching like test thing, like test your strength and see if you can get the digicode or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome, dude. Thanks yeah. again, too, for hooking me up with that Captain America Steelbook. That no completes problem. my Captain America Steelbook trilogy. And nice. now I realize, I was thinking in my head, I'm only one Steelbook away from getting all of his starring appearances i need an avengers one steelbook okay because i've got all the other steelbooks where he is and i he has cameoed in a few films i don't have steelbooks for but i don't count those so i just need avengers one and i have all of his main appearances in steelbook form so that's that's what i'm shooting for now that's my ultimate goal and also then i'll have the trilogy and eventually the four films set uh or the avengers four films there so that's where i'm going with my steelbook collecting i think all right all right well i have a i have a hookup in the u.s so i'll uh I'll put the feelers out nice. and see if I can see how much uh, the Avengers 1 steelbook. Because Best Buy just released it in the U.S. and it's a pretty nice one, 4K. So uh, I'll uh, I'll put the feelers out, if you will. Nice. Get on the, know, the message boards and that, man. Back have your people call my people. Call we'll your people. Call my people. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, for me, it was actually quite a busy week. I had the opportunity to go out and I treated myself. And nice. so I did pick that, up girl. the lego hulkbuster the age of ultron hulkbuster lego set the 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 large scale one it's not quite a ucs set but it is 1300 pieces and it stands about a foot or so tall beautiful build i I put some feelers out there to uh, matthew salvatore and i asked him i knew uh, he had given it i think to his brother or something as a gift and i asked him you know is this a good build sturdy build and all that he gave it a rave review so i was like okay that's enough for me i'm going i grabbed this i built it on saturday night while watching age of ultron oh man dirty dog it it was yeah what a wild night eh? (laughs) (laughs) absolutely fantastic build it's sitting in the nerd room now i can't wait to show it off i actually haven't thrown a picture up on twitter just quite yet and then, you know, after that, I kind of, I got a bit, you know, antsy. I had to get back out in the hunt. And mm-hmm. one thing that I hadn't done yet, and I have posted a picture of this, I have yet to complete, as of two days ago, my 40th anniversary vintage card back six inch, a new Hope figure set. I went That's out, right. I bought the Jawa, I completed it. I was at my local shop. I'd looked at this thing probably for the last six months. <laughs> and I said, when am I going to pull the trigger on this? It's it, yeah. right up the, the nerd room rule of $35. Was it worth it? You know, I finally said, I like supporting the locals. So 
went out, grabbed it, completed that set. Feels nice. so good to have that burden lift off my shoulders. I had a shelf oh, in here that was just I had a slot already pegged for that. Oh, yeah. And now it's full. But the only thing that happened after I post that picture, Darth Goody, the man, I've been binging through some of his stuff. He's doing some great figure reviews and all that. Yeah, yeah. Go check him out. Go check out his Twitter, Darth Goody, and then you can follow his links into his Instagram stuff and all that. Good awesome guy, stuff. good guy. Yeah, great yeah. guy. But he sent me a link to some of the figure shields that I probably now need to buy to put around them just to give them that little added extra protection. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my my next big venture. Ooh. And then so as I was... A, a, uh, oh, wait, wait. So that's like protective? protective yeah, it's like basically plastic? the steelbook covers. Oh, okay. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. You just put it on the figures. They're custom made for a specific figures. So pop mm-hmm. them around, protect them from the dust and all that, getting dinged, whatever. I um, feel that. Yeah, I definitely need it, but I'll probably need a second shelf if I do that. So, yeah, you know, it's it's one thing. You complete a collection, but you never really do. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So I got I got one question to pose to you because as okay. I got arranging things in here this past week and it's doing some nostalgia digging, right, in some old bins and that, pulled out some Phantom Menace figures and all this crazy stuff. But I ended up pulling apart my comic collection. Yes. And I rearranged it all because I had bought these, uh, these or not protective, these dividers, uh, the oh, Ultimate Guard yeah. dividers. I grabbed them off Amazon because I want to start dividing up my comics and just sure. just having like they're always divided and more or less alphabetical. But I wanted mm-hmm. to have these white dividers in that essentially just kind of nicely sections off different characters and all that different comic mm-hmm. books. So I want to ask you how you arrange your comic books because I went down a path and I'm not sure I'm convinced that it's the path I need. So what I did, I everything's alphabetical except yep. for in the middle of my collection, I have a Marvel events section where okay. I've alphabetized Marvel events within a certain mm-hmm. section. And then it's kind of bookended by Star Wars is in one bin. And then yeah. I've got the Marvel events and then everything else is alphabetical from Avengers through cap and all that. Nice. Does, how do you arrange your comic books? Cause I, I just, I've got like a label maker and I put the labels on the, <laughs> nice, on the dividers nice. and all that, but I've yeah. held off doing that because I wanted your opinion and I actually wanted some of the listener opinions on mm-hmm. how you guys arrange your comic books. Because I don't want to go down this path and then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, I don't really like this. Go back to alphabetical. Yeah. But I like right. the idea of having all the events in one space. Like, how do you arrange your comics? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not as fancy as you. So I went to Walmart or the dollar store. You know those, like, bristle boards for, like, 89 cents yeah. or a dollar? So I got that, and then I cut it up. And then on the top, I wrote in, like, Sharpie, uh, Batman, New yeah. 52, uh, action comics. So they're all um, just kind of like one bin box is um, all the comics that I'm currently reading. Mm-hmm. So I got my Shazam, Justice League Dark, Justice League, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman, action comics. And just listing it out right now, that's a lot of comics <laughs> I didn't realize I was following. Um, so I got those eight. Um, I got like a box, like a big long box of comics that I no longer follow. Mm-hmm. So I threw all my Flash in there. Um, some of like the old Batman stuff or just like uh, Teen Titan stuff that I no longer follow, Suicide Squad. And then another box um, are full of just like my events. Yeah. Okay. So I said like my Forever Evils, my Justice League versus Suicide Squad, uh, Doomsday Clock. And so that's how I kind of um, justified it. It's just like, then I feel like, okay, do I need an event? Go over here. Do I need yeah, to? Okay. Uh, so it's very similar. Current. Yeah. 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 Because I have a, a current. So I have this. Uh... From Ikea, that eight square thing. And then I've got yeah. the little drawers that go in it. And right. it nicely fits. And I've reinforced the back end. And it nicely fits two rows of comics. And each row is mm-hmm. about 100, and, 100 or so comics in it that it can fit. 
and nice. or maybe closer to 75. It doesn't matter. But I've gone around the same way. I have a miscellaneous section. Yeah. It's all books that I have one, two, three issues in, and I didn't really get any further than that. And also have a current bin where all my current comics are. So like with Cap, the Old Man Quill, Guardian stuff, yeah. uh, some of the Star Wars stuff that I'm reading right now, all in a current bin that's easily accessible. And nice. then eventually that stuff will get filed into the proper locations after either the run ends or I'm done with it, whatever. So, okay, that makes me feel a bit better because you've got a similar mindset to that. And I know Troy is quite alphabetical as well. Um, but I'm not sure what he does with his events. It was more of the events thing, and that you doing it the same way gives me a bit of confidence that I think I can pull the trigger and start cutting labels. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone back and like read the single issues of like a popular event or a storyline? Like for me, I've you know the books that I've reread, I've ended up just getting the trades. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the digital has come in quite handy for me. It's handy, yeah. Is that I've been able to go back for m- most. There was a period of time of about four months that Marvel stopped giving out digital comic codes. Yeah. But I put all of my comic codes into the or the digital buys into the app. And then I also have Marvel Unlimited, which gives me access to some of the other events I have, like Infinity Gauntlet and all that. I mm. do have that in trade as well. But so no, I don't really reopen anything because I have access to it more or less everything digitally. Right. Right. Whether it's through Marvel Unlimited or whether it's through the direct Marvel app for new purchases and all that. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So it's uh yeah, I like it. Okay, so that gives me the confidence. I'm going through. <laughs> I'm happy with everything arranged in here. And I just tore everything apart again in the nerd room, but it's all back together. I'm happy. I like this constant flux and just, you know, redoing things, getting things set up differently, different focuses. Because I was listening over to one of the Commonwealth podcasts, the Sandcrawlers, the last few episodes that they've published. And mm-hmm. it got me rethinking about having things in storage. And that's why I pulled out the Phantom Menace figures is that we'll get some more shelves up because the idea is... If it's in storage, I don't need it. That's that's going to be my new right. thing. Like I want it on display in yeah. the nerd room. And I again, always cautioning that it, it can't look cluttered. It's got to look mm-hmm. nice with nice crisp shelves. But I think I need everything on display. And that's given me some, some you know, goals to do for, for this weekend because we've got the Red and White Toy Show. It's actually happening oh, here. Oh, was that this weekend? Yeah, in YYC. So it's a local toy show that happens twice a year. I think September and then in March. And it's really great because there's a lot of comics, but there's also a lot of loose action figures, which yeah. is some of the stuff I'm hunting for. So I'm pretty excited uh, about that. When is it? I might. I was thinking I might actually take my daughter to that, actually. Yeah, I'm going to take my daughter as well. So it'd be nice. cool if we could meet up. It's this weekend. Kids are free. It's on Sunday. Um, oh, okay. Kids are free. That's a red and white comic and toy show. Um, yeah. Down at McMahon Stadium. I've actually got two free passes if you want one as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me know because she's got skating lessons at 145 at uh, COP. Don't don't mind us, listeners. We're yeah. making weekend plans. So, <laughs> yeah. uh... <laughs> no, that's good because I'd probably go. It, uh, it opens at 10, so I'd probably go for 10. Oh, right perfect. In the, right in the nose right. there. Get let's, in while, uh, while it's, uh, well, there's still let's some Let's just figures. book Troy in as well, you know? like yeah. let's, He's probably got one. nothing going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll connect and then uh, we'll... We'll let the listeners know what we buy from there. Definitely. I'm, I'm planning on, yeah, throwing some pictures up on Twitter because I've got some some things I know I can get there mm-hmm. with regards to Loose Legends and all that. And so Sweet. I'm going to be on the hunt. Rock on. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One last news item. One last Our Weekend Nerd type thing, I guess. It's kind of a, a, a hybrid of both here, actually. Is I just wanted to let everyone know that for those that are voting in the Stars Black series, the Hasbro Black series, uh, fan vote figure. This is the Empire Strikes Back figure that we spoke about a few weeks ago. If you go over to Hasbro, Hasbro Pulse's 
Instagram account, I believe, they do have the top 10 figures there that you can now vote on that will be included in the 2020 Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary figure line release. And I'm just going to rattle off very quickly, guys. I'm not going to belabor this at all. And we can discuss it a little bit more sometime in the future as this narrows down. But it looks like we've got Lobot. We've got the medical droid, the 21B medical droid. We've got the Hoth Rebel Soldier, Will Roll Hood, Wedge Antilles, Princess Leia in the Bestman Gown, Luke Skywalker Dagobah, which is Troy's top pick. Just good to see that in there. And Ugnaught. We've got Imperial Probe Droid and an FX7 medical droid. So what I want you guys to do, those that are fans of the Black Series, go over to the Hasbro Pulse Instagram account and vote for your favorite. Lobot is the one I have already voted for. So get out there and make sure. Well, yeah, I think this one's going to win. This was a runaway winner, I believe, on most of the fan sites. So have your say, guys. Get it in there. The voting does close this Friday, March 8th. So as you're listening to this, you'll have about a day or so to vote for this. So I think this is great that Hasbro opens this up. And this is why I am encouraging people to go and vote because it's nice to have a say, especially for something that's going to be a 40th anniversary line for a figure that we have not yet seen. And Lobot... It's a comic run, a Lando comic run that Charles Soule wrote a couple years ago. Fantastic. Read that. You'll definitely be voting for Lobot. So was Lobot in the film or no? Yeah, yeah he's in the film. He's uh, uh, okay. Lando Calrissian's little um, kind of servant man with the tech on his head. I don't know if you'd remember that. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to something that you are familiar with and you all do right, remember. I have been really excited to hear some of your thoughts on the DC Extended Universe. You know, talk Great. about a positive turn for a universe. There yeah. has been just fantastic positive news for the last couple months coming out of here. And I just got, we've spoken about some of these in your absence, but I just got to get your thoughts on a couple things. And then we'll get into the most recent Suicide Squad 2 news. One okay. thing I got to I gotta get your opinion on, the departure of Ben Affleck from the role oh, of Batman. Breaks my heart. Yeah. Breaks my heart. I okay I've kind of seen the writing on the wall but I've been so stubborn because I loved his portrayals every time he's done the cowl so to see him leave you know that that hurts but I'm glad you know he's come out he said I'm no longer Batman so now we can focus on okay who's the new Batman and going forward I mean and now I guess we can focus on who's Superman because we don't have an answer for that no but uh truth be told very sad but Ben Affleck he was a great Batman in my opinion and I think history will remember him as such. So uh, hats off to you, Ben. We salute you. Uh, I'm sad to see you go. Um, but at least you gave us Batman v Superman, which the fans of the film, it's like that beer. It's like those who love it, love it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Batman v Superman to a T. Those who love it, love it a lot. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that's me. You know, I, I'll always watch it. But it's kind of weird now because he's no longer Batman. Like, I'm always just going to think of that film maybe more as like an Elseworlds story kind of going forward. Yeah. Like, like especially if they like pivot the universe and like change a bunch of the stuff. It seems like it's like a Earth Prime or like Earth 2 story, which is uh, which is sad. But maybe one day we'll – I don't know. I'm just rambling now. But yeah, Ben Affleck, sad to see him go. But I'm happy at least we got a couple great performances from him. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to have a clean break from that all, I think, yeah. as well as and to, to refocus the efforts on Batman. With mm-hmm. the, like you said, with a new actor, who's going to be the new actor? Someone that will likely take the role for several years for the foreseeable future. Hopefully get some sort of similar MCU type of, of commitment from an actor that someone younger, up and coming, mm-hmm. that can take this role and run with it and do something a little different with it. So that's what I'm looking yeah. forward to there. Now, how about 
James Gunn. He was officially confirmed as the writer and the director of The Suicide Squad yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So James Gunn, writer and director of both Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Volume 2, two films that I believe one that you enjoyed and the other not so much. So what are your yeah. thoughts on him taking this role for a Suicide Squad? I'm excited. I'm excited that we got some movement on this project. I mean, it's crazy to me that the film, the first film made, what, $750 million? Yeah. One an Oscar. What? won an Oscar, wasn't even released in China. So, I mean, if you release it in China, this film's pushing well over $800 million. And we're waiting, what, four or five years to get a sequel? That's that's insane to me. So uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're getting some movement, and I'm excited to see what it becomes. Um, James Gunn, is he the right man to helmet? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Guardians. He wrote uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Um, I really enjoyed that film. The second Guardians of the Galaxy, I was kind of lukewarm on, to be honest with you. I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I guess it'll all depend on who his team is. Yeah. You know, if he comes in and he, like, throws in a Bane and he throws in a Mr. Freeze or, you know, he goes really, like, Batman heavy or he throws in, like, a fan favorite of mine, I'm all in. But if he throws in, like, some of the hero or villains that I'm just, like, nah, I'm not really, like, too excited, I think my expectations will be lower. So I'm ex- I just want to see like more like who's the cast. Yeah. Well, you we know? we know one individual that won't be present. Yeah. In and the this, Suicide this one squad. hurts. This yes. one hurts. So Will Smith has confirmed or someone confirmed his exit from this franchise. And apparently yeah. it was due to scheduling conflicts. They couldn't nail him down. He seems yeah. to be a lot busier than he used to be at least in these past few years. Is he and making so, Return of Jafar? Yeah. Return of Jafar. Exactly. <laughs> Already making the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, what are your thoughts on Will Smith exiting? Like, I think it was you guys commenting on, on Twitter saying that the essence, I believe this is Carlos, the essence of Suicide Squad is a rotating cast. So right. it's something that he can exit for now, but he can always come back into the film mm-hmm. for three, four, whatever, right? So him exiting, at least in my opinion, isn't a huge hit to the franchise. It's not like they're losing their main character. Like you said, if they can backfill with... Mm-hmm someone else it doesn't matter to me i i like this idea and this is what i almost want the guardians to be a little bit more like and even right. the avengers is that it's okay to have a rotating cast that's what mm-hmm. all of these at least from the comic book all these teams are like that yeah where absolutely. they change from from day to day almost sometimes so will smith exiting what are your thoughts yeah no i i echo those sentiments um will smith you know huge hollywood star so the first one he kind of lent that star power to the film so they're gonna have to find a way to replace that um margot robbie's gonna return as harley quinn so that's one Mm way um but yeah will smith leaving that's a big blow you know i'm not gonna lie i hope they don't recast deadshot because as you said he can come back for the third one or maybe he'll get a solo film yeah you know that would be really cool um and the one thing i would hope with will smith as the big action star you know you can't kill him off Suicide Squad, you know, the members are always being killed off in the comics and in uh, the, like, animated movies. So with him, you know, no longer there, you open up that possibility where you have anyone can die. And yeah. I hope they bring that in. You know, instead of just Slipknot, where it's like, okay, this guy didn't even get an intro with a theme song. That was Clearly he's going to bite it. Yeah. <laughs> no character right? poster. <laughs> right? Like, uh, anyone could have seen Slipknot was biting the dust. Like, he didn't even have a song. Like, I don't even know what it could have been. Maybe it could have even been, like, from the band Slipknot. Yeah. Like, that would have made sense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so hopefully they add that more into the sequel. And uh, I'm excited for it. I actually am one of the few that really enjoyed the first one. You know, I was tweeting about it. It was on TV the other day watching it i was like you know this one is actually like it's not like godfather but it's fun entertainment and i enjoyed it yeah you know i didn't like it that much 
But <laughs> one of the things that is a bit disappointing is that on a second watching, and this wasn't too long ago, I did like Will Smith probably the most in it. And for me, Will Smith, is he the same draw he was 10, 15 years ago? I don't think so. So to oh. me, given what the Suicide Squad is, I don't see this as a huge blow. Like, look what James Gunn was able to do with kind of a misfit cast of characters with the exception right. of maybe Zoe Saldana. He was mm-hmm. able to pull together this this team and do some pretty crazy stuff with it with relatively unknown film actors. Right. Again, with the exception of Zoe Saldana. But I think there's, there's a power there behind the franchise that it doesn't need to be anchored with a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I think Margot Robbie is going to be more than enough to anchor right. that film. And if, like you said, if you bring in other elements, like a bit heavier on the Joker or maybe a bit heavier on Batman or introduce someone like, yeah, that would be crazy to have Bane in it. I think you just need a, a nice villains gallery or whatever you want to call it. That, that will be your draw is seeing Bane team up with Harley Quinn team up with whomever, right? Like it could be right. a really way, cool way of backdooring in some of Batman's villains for a future film. Or why not throw in The Rock as Black Adam? Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? Like, that would be a huge draw. The first introduction of him, you have Shazam coming out. Then you have this film, and then you have Shazam versus Black Adam. Like, how cool would that be? It'd be unbelievable. And there's your huge draw on The Rock, because I will follow yeah. that man to the end of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had this question. Quick question about The Rock. Um, someone was mentioning, what is his most iconic role to you? Like, if he stopped making films today, mm. what would be the one that you're like, that is his role ah that's a tough one right what comes to top of mind though is the fast and furious stuff yeah like luke hobbs yeah. for sure that's the one that comes top of mind because he does have this we all his films kind of blend together a little bit <laughs> yeah and i i love the guy to death he's he's crazy talented in, in every aspect of his life including the fact that he needs like three hours of sleep yeah i can barely function <laughs> off of eight I don't I don't think he's human. Like he does he's just like a robot that he plugs in and then he recharges. He must be like he must be on like I'm not saying he's doing drugs or whatever, but No, you heard it here first on the nerd room. He's he's gotta be supplementing somewhere. Yeah. He's he's like forty some odd years old, I think. Oh my goodness. He just doesn't sleep. He he doesn't need to sleep. Yeah. I don't know. What what's your thoughts on his most iconic role or the the um, role that he's defi- that defines him? The role that I would most think of him, um, crazy as it sounds, would probably be Jumanji. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like one of his biggest hits. And uh, he's coming with the sequel uh, this year, hopefully. Is my way to pump it up for the box office. Uh, I don't know if that's coming, man. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been on Instagram lately. I don't know what he's filming right now. But if he hasn't started filming that thing by now, it's not coming out. He, he filmed uh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah, this or late last year, and it doesn't come out till 2020. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I hear they're filming uh, pretty soon. They're getting started, so. Oh, that's gonna be a tight turnaround. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I might have to be scrambling to pick up like a December release or something, but uh, fingers crossed. Fingers I need crossed. that golden Spider-Man statue, man. Yeah, you do the new one. I got it all glued up. I just need to find uh, buy the plates now and deliver it to Troy. So, nice. actually, speaking of which, I've got a. A mid-podcast update on okay. Troy. I just heard from him. Yes. He says, still nothing, bro. The anticipation uh, is real. <laughs> so it is, it's it's coming at some point here. And again, like we said, we wish him all, all right. the best. Well, but, Troy, you know, if you're still, you know, anticipating, 
you know, tell your wife trampolines work very well. <laughs> Our doctor told us a few other things too. <laughs> but we'll leave that for another day. That feels like a Sunjay joke. <laughs> that's the uh that's the nerd room after dark joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man, sticking with the DC extended universe, let's talk a little Shazam. Now this film comes out in a month's time from this day Crazy. as we speak. April 5th, this drops into theaters. Wide release. I am super pumped about this film. Now, this trailer that just dropped, we're not going to go into too much detail here because we want to avoid spoiling for anyone. I know, I believe Carlos was trying to avoid and a few others in the Twitter mm -hmm. gang were trying to avoid some of the spoils from this. But I will say, when I watch this, there's not too much more new footage no, than we've no. seen in the previous two trailers. The big spots are relatively similar. I would say it just gives a bit more insight into his power set. Yeah. And a bit more focus on Mark Strong's character. That's right, yeah. Yeah, what did you think of this new trailer? Uh, I liked it. You know, it's kind of funny. Fans are never happy. I saw someone tweeting the director saying, you didn't show us anything new. And then he responded saying like, That's well, I'd rather uh, not spoil the whole movie. Yeah. You know? I love so, that about it. Yeah, he just, he just calls out bullshit of a uh, hater. So uh, honestly, I... Uh, I really liked it. You know, I'm super excited for this film. I'm excited to see where they take it. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I have a good feeling about that. This is going to be like one of those breakout hits of the year. Yeah, I hope so too. Cause I got it in the box office. Fantasy <laughs> draft. <laughs> I'm pulling for you, man. I, I hope it does. I hope it does like Aquaman numbers. Not, not saying that it will. Even if it does half of Aquaman, it'll be considered a big success. So. Definitely. You know, it looks like Zachary Levi has had a ton of fun filming this. Oh, yeah. That, that he exudes that enthusiasm and that pure joy of this character. And I think that that's what this character needs. Not having a real background. I've never read, never read Kingdom Come or anything like that. I don't know really the true essence of the character. But what I'm seeing on film is what in my mind you guys have explained to me for the last couple of years about who this character is. And the fact that in this trailer, they just... I, I really hope... My only thing about this trailer is I really hope they haven't given away too much of the the kind of the jokes and all that with him building yeah. his power set and like i said in the last when we looked at the last trailer i don't want this to be sold to me as the film that i think it's going to be and then all of a sudden it takes you know three quarters of an hour in it takes a severe turn and turns into a darker film right. i don't think it's going to be that but when i look at mark strong's character as mm -hmm. i portrayed him this he's a very serious you know lifted off the comic pages type of character yeah. right yeah and i i hope it's a good juxtaposition and i hope zachary levi has been given that freedom throughout the entire film to do what he's doing in what looks like probably the first act of the film when he's you know looking at his power set and all that that that's my only fear for the film but to me it looks like a ton of fun and this is probably my the dc film i've been the the most excited about since the inception of the dc extended universe oh yeah like you know, I'm excited because Shazam is probably one of the least like known characters I know of DC heroes. Like they just had his ongoing start and they're only on issue three. So I read the first two issues, thought it was fantastic. Want to read more, but every other hero that's had a movie in DC, I've read at least like 50 issues of. So I have some sort of like semblance of who the character is. So, you know, with Shazam, I'm like, I don't know. Like he's barely in um, the TV shows, like the animated series. He doesn't have his own animated movie like Aquaman or Flash. So even DC hardcores like me, like this guy's still pretty new. So yeah. I'm excited. 
Yeah, it's it's awesome, and I think if this film does well, that will change quite substantially. You'll see, I hope so. The cartoons, you'll see him included in, you know, maybe more Justice League stuff, Teen Titans type stuff, even just off references to all that. I, I think there's there's a lot of potential for this franchise as long as they deliver what they've been promising us in these trailers. And this trailer for me continued to build my anticipation for April fifth. This is a day one Thursday night watch for me. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Let's. Uh... Let's uh, book the date. We'll book the tickets now. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, another film that we did get a trailer for this past week that for me was not a day one watch by any means has (laughs) has now moved that needle. And I'm talking about X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah. We've seen a trailer for this. We've we've heard everything that's gone into this as far as the the production woes and the reshoots and then pushing Mm -hmm. this out eight months or whatever it was. We've got the purchase of Fox by Disney that put a big question question mark on this film was ever going to see the light of day it is going to see the light of day at some point this year i believe i can't yeah, even remember when june. it's coming out. june so like yeah june three months and this trailer for me moved the needle okay it was my my first initial reaction i put it out on twitter when i watched mm. this this made me want to watch this film Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. I came off the back end of Apocalypse, not too thrilled with how that movie landed. Yeah, you didn't like that one. No, not not at all. I liked, it, <laughs> I you know, it wasn't a bad movie, and I like where yeah. it left the X Men. I just yeah. didn't wasn't thrilled with the the film as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now X Men Dark Phoenix, I kind of had thrown. Okay, I'm done with this franchise, but mm-hmm. even with that, I've been with it since 2000, so I'm definitely gonna finish it off. I you like these well. characters. I like James McAvoy. I like Michael Fassbender in those mm-hmm. roles. But this this trailer for me, you know, this is by far the best Dark Phoenix trailer that we've seen. Well, what was it that like turned the needle for you? I don't know. If to me, it's it's it had a real keen focus on Jean Grey and this Jekyll yeah. Hyde type thing with the Phoenix Force, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. The right. music, the trailer music, also it's very reminiscent of a previous Avengers trailer that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got just that that build. I don't know. I don't know what it struck me with, whether there's a lot of finality to it, whether it was just how good I think the Jean Grey story could potentially be. Yeah, and the potential's there. Yeah, it, it really is. And so I just, for whatever reason, it just struck me. Maybe it was the structure of the trailer. We got to see some cool spots, like the big train thing. We got to see her mm-hmm. exploring the phoenix force we've got michael fassbender's magneto in there in some capacity it right. it just it just struck me differently than the past even the trailers for apocalypse never really grabbed me the same way mm-hmm. and I, I don't know are you feeling the same way about that uh i'm like lukewarm on it like on yeah. a scale of one to ten i'd probably give it a six yeah um i still need to see more to me i don't know it just seems like something is off like for an example, Mystique. Okay, yeah. They're telegraphing something. Can we talk about there. that? <laughs> okay, first off, yes, they're telegraphing something. But second, can we talk about her makeup? Yeah. I mean, that looks like something straight out of Star Trek, the TV series. It certainly does. She did like, not like sitting in that chair, would be my guess. <laughs> right? Like, okay, let's go back 20 years ago to the year 1999 or 2000. How good did Rebecca Romain look as Mystique? Oh, yeah. Compared to Fantastic. this. It, you know, like we're 20 years in the future and it looks worse, which is crazy. But to me, at least the way that this whole trailer <laughs> structured, it yeah. is saying blatantly 
oh, that yeah. Mystique is going to die and be the one that the Dark Phoenix kills mm-hmm. in probably the first 20 minutes of the film. You know, I guess because this is like the new alternate timeline, so it doesn't sync up with like the first X-Men film. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, everything with, I think the skew point, right, is when she doesn't shoot the president in Days of Future Past. So oh, point right. forward, it's all, it's a skewed yeah, right. timeline, right? So yeah. she can die and it doesn't matter for anything, right? It essentially wiped out anything go forward from that point on. So it looks like her story comes to an abrupt end. How in this film? Si- how sick would it be if the ending is them walking into the bar or into uh, Alberta to see Wolverine? Kind of like how the first one starts. That would be really cool. But do do you yeah. think though that they're going to end this universe? Yeah, I think they have to just because Disney's buying it. You know, I think Disney wants to put their own uh, actors, their own directors, oh, yeah, their own spin sure. on it for sure. But do you think that? with it being pushed back that that was as a result of the film, not looking great or not having a great structure to it. Or do you think they refilmed stuff and said, look, we're going to actually end this franchise in one fashion or another. Like the Phoenix force destroys the planet. I don't know. Do you think they'll take the opportunity to just say, we're going to literally end this franchise with this film? I think so. Yeah. I think when they like kind of realize the finality of it and that they're not going to get another kick at the can, that they're like, okay, well, let's go back and let's film maybe a five-minute proper ending to this franchise. You know, a fitting farewell and say goodbye to all the fans for being with us for 20 years. So I, I could see it being the end. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I don't know if they'll go that far, but we'll see. The, to me, the, the potential is there. The, the only thing that I do get from it, though, there is a very real vibe of x3 in this there seems to be a lot of repetitive things like you've got the scene with charles going to see her as a young girl my guess is magneto's there as well yeah the train scene is very similar to the the transport scene where they find juggernaut and all that and they're all kind of tagged up there magneto being in the background trying to influence her i know they're pulling from storylines and that but it Mm -hmm. seems very familiar Oh, yeah. what we've yeah. seen before and so that was always the my ah, i don't really want to see this but i think the, the actress is playing Jean dark phoenix yeah she uh, looks like she's game of thrones exactly she's doing a really good job there and that's that's what's yeah. got me excited is is her story and then mm-hmm. i also like james mcavoy as professor x yeah no he's been great um as you said uh magneto's been great so I'm excited, you know, not like I'm not like Shazam level excited. No, or, no, 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 no. It's it's like on a different level. Like if I had to compare it to like another film I'm excited for, I'd probably put it like slightly below my Venom excitement level. OK, yeah. I would say I'm probably more excited for this than than Venom. But that might be the overall investment in the universe. To yeah, degree. that's like true. Spent 19 years with this with this universe, right? This franchise. It's like a long term relationship. That's longer than most marriages these days. It is. It truly is. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild. So yeah, that comes out this June. It's we'll we'll definitely be sitting down and reviewing it, but yeah. it's the anticipation is probably not going to get anywhere near this next film that we're going to discuss here, and that is Captain Marvel. That comes out yeah. officially this Friday, March 8th, but we've got our tickets. I presume you've got your tickets as well for March 7th. So that's Thursday night viewing, man. You, you yeah. all hooked up with your tickets? 
I am because I had to do like the ten thirty show just to make sure make sure the kids were in bed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried. I don't know if I'm gonna stay awake. Like not <laughs> to like say like you know hate on the movie, but just being a new parent, I'm like gonna have to get the extra large Coke, like the extra tub of popcorn. Yeah, I'll probably gain like five pounds just to make sure I don't fall asleep. Not like saying I think I'm gonna fall asleep in the movie. It could be any movie up there. But I'm just not used to staying up that late, so it'll be a true testament. Like that'll be if the movie is good, it means I stayed awake through the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I will not blame you if you do not <laughs> off because even me, yet to have the second kid, I don't do well at ten thirty movies. It's too late nowadays. <laughs> it's like I'm way so too old. damn late. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, I, what is this? I do have tickets in hand for an eight o'clock showing. Uh, um, much more reasonable. Yeah, much more reasonable. I usually do the seven, but yeah. I'm going with a couple of friends down at this end of the city. And their choice was, because I waited so long to book the tickets, it was an AVX at seven with okay seats or an eight o'clock 3D showing that is virtually empty in the select oh, seats. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well do that. Yeah, and that gives me a little bit more time at home to make sure the little one's in bed and I've got a work function after. So I'll have like just a beer and it kind of allows me to not rush as much, but I thought in my head, and it was slightly $2 cheaper tickets, and I thought I have the pick of the litter with regards to seats. So I tickets are in hand. I'm super excited for this. Nice. How, how are you feeling going into it, though? You know, looking at, we've got a Rotten Tomatoes score. You know, we talked about Rotten Tomatoes last week and the issues yeah. that they had with it. So being a trustworthy audience score, probably not, and we still don't see that until the film comes out. But they reviewed, or the review embargo was lifted today, actually. And okay. it looks like an 83% with 131 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that's sitting in the same space as Infinity War, nowhere near Black Panther's 97. And yeah. so it's, it's kind of about the average, what we usually see from an MCU film. And coming yeah. off that, we've got the the kind of the words that go with the ranking and it just says packed with action humor and visual thrills captain marvel introduces mcu's latest heroes with an origin story that makes effective use of the franchise's signature formula so interpreting from that i'm hearing it's going to be a marvel film <laughs> yeah yeah well what else would it be and i hear you um i'm excited uh, my anticipation level more than venom more than dark phoenix um, but not near as much as Black Panther or Infinity War. Um, I, I'm excited. Like from what I've seen on the trailers, you know, I, I, I think they've been pretty good actually. I know a lot of people have been throwing shade at them, but I think they've been pretty good. So I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how this unfolds, how it, uh, how they move the narrative along because she, I think she's going to play a huge role in Endgame. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to see how they tie it all in and, uh, you know, I love me the 90s, so I'm excited to see some more 90s stuff. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. I am super excited for this. Yes, it doesn't meet that Infinity War level of excitement, but it's up there. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Marvel Cosmic, the Kree Scroll, mm -hmm. Nick Fury, de-aged, being a supporting character in this. Yeah. Captain Marvel has become a, a character that I've started to follow in the last couple of years. I like her being part of kind of the, the wider MCU and the wider marvel comic book universe in a much bigger way much prominent role mm -hmm. and, and i just we're at we're at the the cusp here you know we've got our last film before endgame we're gonna walk into this and probably get a little bit of insight as to what's gonna happen next and having yeah. a character like captain marvel brought to the screen with what we're seeing with relatively good reviews brie larson's getting good reviews the whole cast so i'm mm -hmm. really really excited 
for this Thursday to sit down and view this film. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be refreshing. And I think it's going to bring a lot of new elements to this universe that will probably take a, a role or have a role in Phase 4 as well as in Endgame. So it's going to be starting to set up a lot of things in a similar fashion that, say, Age of Ultron did. It set the seeds yeah. and set you know, really what the universe was going to look like in two, three, four years. So that it's about the character, but it's about its wider effect. Like you said, on the narrative, on the bigger MCU picture and what comes next. So it's, it's kind of, again, the kickoff to what I would consider maybe phase four, but just maybe more your prelude to phase four, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely think she's going to be like the most important character in Phase 4, no question about it. Yeah, yeah, and she's become that way in the comic books, right? One of the most important characters. So, yeah, you know, with what we usually do here in the Nerd Room with big MCU, DC, and Star Wars films is we like to walk through a couple different aspects. You know, we kick it off with the characters, talk about some plot elements from what we've seen from mm -hmm. the trailers. And like I said at the top, to give you guys a little bit of insight into what this movie is going to be to help you reflect back and understand things on your first viewing. I know there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening that, that may have more experience than I or you do in the Captain Marvel world. But again, it's all about learning. It's all about enjoying and immersing yourselves in these characters in this universe. And so what we're going to do here for the rest of the episode is we're just going to talk a little bit about Captain Marvel and lift from the comic books and then also make some predictions with regards to box office cameos and credit scenes and see where we land on this film coming out the other side when we review it in some capacity <laughs> next week. So I'm going to toss a few things at you here, Sanjay. What is your overall experience with Captain Marvel from the comic book world or from your, your general knowledge of, of this character and the universe that kind of surrounds her? All right, well, sit back because this is going to take a long time. <laughs> uh, my experience with Captain Marvel goes back to 1993. Now, back then, we called her Captain... No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have almost no experience with Captain Marvel. Um I think the only experience I have was a brief episode of Avengers Earth's Mightiest yes. Heroes. She and was Miss Marvel there. She was Miss Marvel, and that was many years ago, and I think they've changed the character since then. Yeah, she's gone through quite a dramatic reimagination in the last few years. Now, she's always been Carol Danvers, but she's taken many yeah. different forms. Now, she's created by writer Roy Thomas, who has contributed a lot to this character, including the Korean scroll and all that, in 1968. Eight. So wow. that character goes all the way back to there. And some of that goes into the original iteration, which is Captain Marvel. So that's mm. the Mar Dash Vel, which is a, a Kree Imperial soldier. And he was kind of sent to observe Earth as they, they evolved and they're, as they're developing technology to eventually get to space. He eventually sympathized with the Earthlings over the Kree. And he was kind of branded a traitor and all that. But he ends up being kind of a cohort of Carol Danvers, who is, in fact, a military officer. And she was her first incarnation was was Miss Marvel. And you'll be familiar with her as far as the outfits go, the kind of the outfits of the 2000s, having that very scantily, you know, that very <laughs> deep cut bathing suit almost that she wore. But it really oh, okay. wasn't until 2012 that this mm -hmm. character took the form that we're seeing in the film. Now, a lot of credit can go to Kathy Sudaconic and artist Dexter Soy for creating this character and crafting this character and giving her a new image. It was in a book by Kelly Sue DeConnick, like I said there in 2012, where she moved from 
this Miss Marvel moniker over to the Captain Marvel. So this yeah. costume and this form that we see portrayed in the film, including the Mohawk and all that, is yeah. only eight years old, seven years old, really. Wow. Which is, is wow. pretty incredible that we're getting a representation of something like that. Now, this is, to me, in my personal opinion, Carol Danvers has always been relatively represented well. But when you look at her, the, the Captain Marvel side of things, I think it's, it's a much more appropriate representation for Marvel's <laughs> first female superhero and often thought as one of the, the most powerful Avengers that is in comics and like we will be in the MCU. So it's very interesting to see her evolution through comic books and we're kind of getting that final stage of evolution a lot of effort's been put into this character since 2012 mm -hmm. as making her a mainstay within the marvel comic book universe and now likely the marvel cinematic universe yeah it's interesting because you said eight years old this film probably took what five years of development oh yeah from yeah. planning so i mean she was really like three years she was she was like a toddler when they first uh put these uh put the film to work so that's crazy yeah so she's been a part of the comic book universe for for decades but like i right. said it's this most recent iteration that's getting translated on the screen now they're pulling from all the different eras the kree squall war that's something that we'll talk about in a few minutes here heavily right. influenced some of the elements of the film and how it's structured with you know rowan the accuser in there and the scrolls as the main villains i'm going to say in air quotes here but <laughs> yeah. her, her basic power set you know it seems like they're going down a very similar path. Now, in the comic books, the first iteration of it, she had her DNA fused with Captain Marvels, the character I mentioned before, the Scree, the Scree, I'm going to say that a lot, the Kree warrior <laughs> yeah. that was on Earth, and that gave her superpowers. Now, to me, her superpowers have always been something that have been defined, but also relatively ill-defined. They kind of do what they need to do. She can kind mm -hmm. of do anything, right? She's got the blast out the hands. She can fly. Yeah. She can kind of do it all. She's Superman. It, more or less. Like, to, be, <laughs> yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, she is more or less Superman with a very, as like a very similar power set. Okay. Um, you know, she, she also goes by, you know, the name of binary. That's kind of what we see when she kind of gets all crazy, the look in her eyes and you see all the um, the sparks kind of coming off her and all that. So that's something or a moniker that we may hear throughout the film as well as it'd probably be a throwaway reference to it. But yeah. it, it's something that you, when she goes to that next power set level, it's going to be pretty cool. Super Saiyan. Yeah. Do you think in the <laughs> film that they're going to be very prescriptive of how they do a classic origin story where they go back and they tell a bit of her past and then they show her getting the powers and then they show her evolving with the powers and, you know, kind of misusing them and all that. Or do you think this could be a lot more like the trailers are pointing us at where they're kind of jump into it and do this sporadic origin storytelling throughout the film? Yeah, I think it'll be more like the sporadic, more like the, so it'll be mixing present day and the past. Yeah. I'm thinking like kind of like Man of Steel, uh, Batman Begins, that kind of approach. You know, I, I don't think Marvel really does the uh, traditional like, no. you know, the origin. Like, like DC is famous for this. They'll show the hero as a kid, then a teenager, and then an adult, and then go from there. Marvel, you don't really get that. So Marvel, you know, with this one being the 21st film in the MCU as well, maybe, you know, they're thinking the audience probably doesn't want another origin film. So you know, origin in the traditional sense where it's mostly origin. So I'm going to say, yeah, it'll be more like sporadic. We're just like hints and nods to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about that too, is that I think with a lot like black Panther would be your closest 
look into a recent Marvel origin story, right? Right. right. And they took a few liberties with that because they had introduced the character in Civil War. So we kind of knew the basic power set, the suit. They had given some exposition around that. Mm -hmm. And then they built the world around that. This is the first time in a little while that we're going to a pure origin story where it's a new character where they can't take the same liberties that they have with other characters in the past. And this is almost going back to, I think, to a, a hybrid of maybe a phase one film and some of the more origin stories in air quotes that they've done in the past few years with regards to characters like Black Panther and and kind of the reintroduction of Thor and Mm -hmm. even the origin story that we got of Thanos in Infinity War, right? It's it's kind of this mixture of let's do a quick flashback and then we'll do a bit of exposition, but it's all forward running narrative, but we're also telling an origin story at the same time. And so it asks a little bit more of the audience to kind of keep up with things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think having a little bit of background is always good and healthy as you walk into these films. It encourages second viewing because I think often with some of these origin stories, a second viewing is better because you pick up more. Yeah. But if first viewing is going, enjoy. Now, oh, yeah. A character that's gotten a lot of praise from the critics and the people on Twitter and that is Goose. This is her yeah. cat. Now, what? in the comic books, she goes by the name of Chewie, the cat. Oh, like the Star Wars. Exactly, like the Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in the comics, it is actually known as an alien, and they're called Flurkin. Okay. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Now, the more you know, like like cats in general, or this one specific cat? So, it's it's a species, an alien species, that looks like a domestic house cat. Okay. And I don't know if they're going to go that route here because in the comics, this thing's got like a mouthful of tentacles. It's got pocket dimensions oh. inside of it. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if they'll go that far, but... Uh... No. So one of the running theories that they do have with Goose, and again, spoilers here. We're not trying to spoil anything. These are just theories that are out there, is that Goose is going to be responsible for the loss of Nick Fury's eye. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, do 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 you think that's the way it's going? Yeah, I can see that. I could totally see that as like an end credit stinger or something. Yeah, I've got a different theory, and I'll, I'll walk you through that in a minute here as to okay. why what I think happened in Nick Fury's eye. But that is one of the most prominent theories going in for this film from fandom right now. Oh, I yeah. like it. Now let's talk about Nick Fury a little bit. It's a character that yeah. we are very familiar with in this universe within this incarnation but it's the first time we're getting probably a little bit of an origin story of nick fury as well he's been portrayed as this mysterious secret spy this super spy if you will kind of the head of shield for the majority of phase one and phase two we haven't seen him a lot in the most recent phase you had Mm -hmm. a small cameo in age of ultron small cameo at the end of infinity war there looks like he's taking up another prominent role within captain marvel and we're going to see him in this year's spider-man far from home as well now busy busy boy he is a very busy guy what do you think of this you know we've talked about this in the past but what do you think of nick fury being kind of that that glue that that element that is familiar to the common moviegoer in this film I love it, man. Nick Fury is just always a character that I want more of. You know, he's so underutilized in terms of, like, comics. And, uh, you know, he used to have his own comic series, if I'm not mistaken. And now he's just, like, a supporting... Yeah, Yeah, now he's just more of, like, a side character. Not a side character, but supporting character. Yeah. So anytime I can get more Nick Fury, I'm in. Like, he's... He's like the Alfred of the MCU. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I, I like that they're using him, and I like this de-aging technology has come so far that we Looks now have a supporting good. character that you don't even blink your eye at. <laughs> oh, man. In the future, like, Hollywood celebrities don't even need to, like, work out or do anything. They'll yeah. just, like, put their face on, like, some, like, other person or, like, what they used to look like, and it'll be CGI'd, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, they look like they're in good shape. And then, meanwhile, they're like... 800 pounds like on the couch just like uh. a very scary realization at some point in the future that uh we, we may not need actors <laughs> yeah no for <laughs> very sure very scary but it's also my theory here now that we've spoken a little bit about nick theory about his eyes so i think in this film they will take the opportunity to explain the origin of nick fury's missing eye and the eye patch you know, this is this is an element and a a call sign for Nick Fury in the comic books. This is this eye patch? He's always had mm-hmm. every incarnation of him has had this eye patch in some form. Even his son in the most recent comics in the six one six universe has an eye patch. This, these Furies always losing eyes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! His son has an eye patch. It's not like a genetic thing where it's like you pass it down and you get an eye patch. I think it is, man. Well, it's, <laughs> it's very weird because they kind of shoehorned in the Nick Fury that looks like Sam Jackson into the Marvel 616 universe and did away yeah. with the old incarnation of Nick Fury. The David from, Hasselhoff. One. Yeah. The Hasselhoff, the Howling Commandos type of Nick Fury. So uh-huh. it, it's kind of weird what they did there, but it was, it was just purely a, a way to, to kind of reflect what was going on on screen, which, which mm-hmm. fine, whatever. But my theory is on Nick Fury's eye, and I'm going to put this yeah. out there for consumption is that it's actually a scroll that scrapes it out. There's a, there's a line in, I believe it's Winter Soldier, where he says, I think it's to Captain America, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Oh, yes, that's true. So the reason I'm saying that, and this is also the same argument that's used for Goose taking out his eye, but the reason I'm saying that is that he's trusted someone that is actually a scroll. Yes. So yes. someone that has changed, morphed into, whether it be Coulson or someone that he trusted, and in so giving that trust that eventually throughout this film leads to him losing an eye as he has some sort of hand-to-hand combat with this crease warrior of some sort right right so that that's where i'm going with that that's my prediction i'm laying it down here on the pod all right all right that is in fact his scroll that takes out his eye i i can see it i can see it totally yeah one of the other characters that we're going to see in here too that i'm also very excited about is a junior agent colson yeah his return to the big screen after his avengers exit now he's had quite the life in avengers agents of shield six seasons of it he's he's come back from the dead he's done all sorts of crazy stuff even been involved with the kree on that tv show wow they actually well they introduced the kree on the tv series yes so it was there are a few episodes and again i'm quite a ways behind on that but the Kree play a quite a crucial role in bringing back Agent Coulson from Ooh. the dead, which is very interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting choice to you know put a big budget movie and have that appear in your TV show. Yeah, they may overprint some of that stuff. Would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the Kree are going to play quite a prominent role in this film. Now, who are the Kree? We've seen the Kree before. They made their first MCU appearance. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, we've seen Ronan, Ronan the Accuser. He's going to be yep. playing, again, a role in this in this film. Same and actor? I'm really excited to see Lee Pace back in that role. Yeah, same actor. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, and he's, a, he's an actor that I don't, and a character I don't think got his proper due in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. 
And I'm you mean hope- him dying from dance off isn't a yeah, proper dude? I know that's a huge sticky point for <laughs> you and some of the boys. <laughs> no, but it's we we saw that character in his extremist mode, right? Not yeah. extremist the Iron Man stuff, but in his extremism role. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. the Kree themselves, just just to kind of give some background to them, they are a militaristic society. And they are colonizers. They're always looking for ways to evolve their race into what you'd call the supreme beings, right? So Mm -hmm. that idea of colonization, I think, is something to keep in mind because that's likely going to influence Captain Marvel's origin story as well as probably point us at why Ronan diverges at some point from this, the ideals of the Kree that we do see kind of portrayed as being a lot of a softer touch in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we're going to see a very, very strong Cree warrior type of society in this film, which I'm really excited about. And yeah. one one character that we're probably going to be introduced to is, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, the Supreme Intelligence. No. No. So the Supreme Intelligence, artificial intelligence that is essentially the the leader of the Cree. And it's in the comics at least, it's his giant head in a big bin, a big uh, tube. That's awesome. It's a bit funny. I don't know if we'll see that, but essentially it's they take, you know, the minds of philosophers and scientists yeah. and all that and they jam those minds at death into this artificial intelligence and that essentially assimilates everything and you have nice. this like one being that leads them all. I That's think we're cool. going to see a representation of that in the film. I'm not going to yeah. give it away cuz I don't want it to be a spoiler. I have made a prediction on a previous podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's the Cree in a whole and then the scrolls. The scrolls to me have always been super fascinating. They're this shape-shifting race. They right. they've are I have been at war with the Cree at least in the comic books for thousands of years. They're yeah. you know true enemies, rivals. You know, I believe in the comics the Cree kind of pushed the scrolls into this more militaristic society after battling with them for for thousands of years and they are being used at least in this film i think on the periphery as as the main villain the infiltrators if you will right now to me the scrolls i'm super excited to have these guys in the film are you looking forward to the scrolls yeah absolutely i mean you think about where can marvel take this franchise after and you mentioned several times you know the scrolls have someone be a scroll and talk about this invasion where earth has been you know monitored and you know, there's been scrolls living among us that have been making deals and like pulling the strings in the background. Yes. That's super interesting. That's super cool. And it's such a different way to take it after Thanos and the cosmic threat. Um, yeah, I'm super excited that we finally get a look at the scrolls. And um, Ben Mendelsohn um, is going to be in there. Yes. Uh, I love, love him. He always plays the bad guy. Um, Ready That's Player so One, Dark Knight Rises. So he's in two of my favorite movies of all time Rogue One. Rogue One, that's three. He's in this one. He goes for four. Oh, man, what else can't he do? Yeah, he is the man. He's playing the... I don't know if it's a scroll leader or what it is. Maybe the invasion leader, a character called yeah. Talos. And I don't think the comic book version of that character is going to be reflected much because in the comic books, that character is unable to shapeshift. And oh. I'm almost certain that he's going to be shapeshifting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it might just be in-name only, that scroll which is pretty cool. And one last character that we'll talk about here that is lucky right. to get quite a bit of screen time is a character called Yonrog. Now, this is who Jude Law is portraying. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a military commander, and he... I don't know a ton about him. There is a storyline that I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about in okay. a comic book run by, I believe it was 
Kelly Sue DeConnick actually wrote this, Avengers Assemble. It was, okay. came out right after the first Avengers film in 2012. And there's a very interesting storyline in there where he yeah. is, in fact, a, a foe of sorts. So Ooh. I'm going to be interesting. And I made a prediction on a previous podcast about what this character is. I'm going to leave it there, though. Okay, so yeah. So I think yeah. the the idea that you just have to get in there, that he's likely playing some sort of mentor to Captain yeah. Marvel and that he is this Kree commander. There was some talk previously, and I think even by us, that he was actually playing the the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, I heard that. So I don't know how they can they can do that. This the Onrog character seems like it's going to be the final version of that character. But yeah. I'm curious if they're gonna include. Do you think they're gonna include the original Captain Marvel, because one question mark I have Ooh. is how is she going to get this name? Is it going to be something yeah. silly? Like, wow, you look marvelous. And you're a <laughs> captain of the air force. Like, like wait a second. Uh, how did you say that again? Yeah. Um, Oh, geez. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. I mean, they must, they must, uh, how is she going to get the name? It could just be one of those things where they never actually refer to her using the name Captain Marvel. That's true. I guess the hard yeah. part about that is like it's the the title, right? <laughs> right, right. It's it's not I'm like I'm trying to think like did they even mention Aquaman? Like do they ever call I don't him, like, actually Aquaman. you're probably right. I don't think they do. I think it's just like a newspaper clipping that's or like a TV headline that yeah, says like the Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, but he's always been like Arthur Curry. So I think they'll call her Carol, right? So Interesting cuz they she will be going by Vers, I believe. When Vers? she's a Cree soldier. And I oh. believe that is my guess is whenever she is picked up by the Cree, that her yeah. name tag gets half sliced off and it's from Dan Vers. The oh. Vers is the only thing that's left on would be my guess. Yeah. That makes and sense. And for whatever reason, she's, she's lost memories. This is something that they've pulled from the comic books and all that. So yeah. she can't put that all together. And ultimately when you look at what the Cree are trying to evolve their race, this infusion of DNA potentially for maybe an ultimate weapon of sorts. Ooh. I, I'm, yeah. I think we'll just leave it there because I don't want to spoil anything. But in my mind, I have this this clear image of where it's going. And I, I hopefully I'm surprised. The scrolls are a big question mark. We don't know a whole lot about what they are going to be doing in the film. I think I know. Yeah. But I think we'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that. So that gives you guys a bit of an outline at some of the characters, some of the names that are going to be thrown at you, and their basic power sets and all that. But before we do sign off, we got to do a few predictions here. Let's do it. Got to put our money where our mouths are. Let's start off with this. Okay. And this is maybe more of a want than a prediction, but <laughs> what 90s era reference do you need in this film? Oh, we've got Blockbuster. We've so got Nine many. Inch Nails being referenced. What, what do you need to see in this film? I need to see a Friends reference. <laughs> the, like, could you be any more destructive or something like that? Like a Chandler? Or like, oh, you're such a Monica. Like something like that. <laughs> so I'm just so or, on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Or Pulp Fiction. And just like just like a wink and a nod with Samuel Jackson there. I agree. That's the one I want is that like, you know how at the end he does the uh, the mother at the end of yeah. I want something yeah. similar to that, right? Oh, like a Sam Jackson on the nose, clear yeah. reference to Pulp Fiction <laughs> and just go oh, from there. Or, I agree. Or like when she crashes through the blockbuster and then like a Pulp Fiction tape comes out. Oh, yeah. But it's not like Sam Jackson. It's someone else. Some other like, actor. Who's, who is like the one guy? He's like everyone always says I look like. Oh, um, it's because he got mad at an interviewer once. Yeah, they don't look alike, but it's no. either uh, 
it's either Lawrence Fishburne or um, who's the guy that played Morpheus? Is that Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, it's Lawrence Fishburne. I yeah. think it's him. It might, like it, imagine, imagine how funny it would be if like a tape of like Pulp Fiction comes out, and in this universe, it's Lawrence Fishburne and uh, what's his name, uh, John Travolta. Yeah, like <laughs> on the cover, like funny. that would be amazing. Would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's let's do rattle off a couple more of these. What, What's your uh, '90s? Is it uh, Pulp Fiction? It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be Pulp Fiction, but it's gotta be a, a Sam Jackson '90s era film reference. Nice. Like him nice. just trying like, to think of some other ones. Overtly calling something like that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't he in like a Time to Kill as well? Oh, I can't remember. He's probably in tons of movies. He's in the probably. 90s. Oh, for sure. He's yeah. All over the place. <laughs> Post Pulp... your second favorite Sam Jackson '90s movie because everyone's is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I can't think of. To be honest with you, he's probably Shaft. Shaft, there's another one. <laughs> I think they're doing number two of that right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's... Call re- it Double Shaft? Yeah. <laughs> shaft <laughs> two. <laughs> All right. What good guy, or do yeah. you think there'll be a good guy that will be revealed to be a scroll? Will it be Coulson, Ooh. Captain Marvel, Nick Fury himself? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I think it'll be like a bit character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of someone, maybe like even someone that's like dead now, like maybe he's like a, like a Hydra commander that infiltrated shield. And it turns out that they've been a scroll this whole time, but now they're dead. Uh, someone like like winter soldier. That's, that's going to be my guess. What's yours? Uh, I have to say, well, I've twofold here. I'm going to save one for when we do our end credit scene, but I think someone yeah. like Coulson has the potential to be a scroll. And then they eventually oh. find him later on and back in his human form or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But okay, I think that'll, yeah. that'll be part of the, the last time I trusted someone. I don't know. There's something there. Like there's – I know it's it's easy to put Coulson back in the film because of the air it's set. But to me, he has to play a role of some sort. And yeah. him being a a trainee under Nick Fury or something like that and he turns yeah. out to be a scroll, maybe even just for a small portion of the film. But yeah. we never actually see that switch. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, oh, I'd be down. All right, what about cameos in this Ooh. film? You know, we know we're getting Ronan, and we're getting there's a, one of the guys that uh, was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a Kree soldier, um, the guy from the very start of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. I cannot remember his name. He's got to go. Oh, um, uh, Korath. What's his name? Yes, Korath is his name in the film. Who do you think we're gonna get, if anyone, making he a cameo plays, here? So he plays the wizard in uh, Shazam. Oh, does he? Yeah. He he's good. He's in Blood Diamond too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. But who do you think could be cameoing? Who could be cameoing? Um, maybe like a young Peter Quill? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good Robert one. Downey I didn't even Jr. think of the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, because he's still on Earth maybe. Yondu? I think. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Like just him like pulling up or something. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Just like a young Robert Downey Jr. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Wow, I didn't think of any of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm you have think... me on the podcast. I was thinking like uh, Robert Redford, de-aged. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. From that'd Winter be a good Soldier. Um, I don't know. That I like the someone from... What's that? Oh, Hank Pym? Hank Pym. Interesting, because that's 90s. I think he was more of a 70 eras S.H.I.E.L.D. character. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I like the Guardians Peggy pulling Carter? more from the... Peggy Carter, yeah, she was still alive. She would have been part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Actually, that's another good one, man. Yeah. Because she was, yeah. I believe, likely an active member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because she would be... 
if she was say 20 really? in 1945 she'd, be, she'd be 70 maybe yeah, like her 60s, retirement party? 70s yeah something like that i don't know that's another interesting one they have they have a lot yeah. of space to play with there right yeah yeah interesting i like that i like also pulling from the guardians i really didn't think too too much more of that because we are getting with uh, korath and ronan the accuser in there but we yeah. could see noble court maybe as well oh that'd be a good one or yeah. uh adam warlock maybe Ooh, i don't know if they do adam warlock in this but oh there's potential there's a, actually there's a lot more because they have they can pull for both sides of the universe right earth and yeah. the cosmic yeah. stuff Oh, exciting. I got me stoked up for some Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Last two things here. All right. What is your opening weekend domestic box Ooh. office prediction? <sighs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't think this is going to do Infinity War and Black Panther numbers. No. However, I still think this is going to do really freaking good. So I'm going to say 157. 157. Now that looks like it'll be 157 million. That's huge. So Wonder Woman did what? 114, 117, something like that. No, I think it's like 104. Like it just crept over. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with 145 opening weekend. Oh, okay. And those are, I think, will be on the high side of the predictions. Yeah, they're talking 120 in some spaces. I've also heard upwards of 165. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is a wide range for this one. Huge range. I think it's because it's you have Marvel, you have good reviews, you have a new character, female-led yeah. superhero. So it's got a lot of things, but there's still some unpredictability of it all, right? It's not yeah. your staples at this point. Um, I think it will become yeah. that. But yeah, there's some unpredictability. But this thing, definitely over 100. Oh, definitely. 100%. Definitely. So... Those are then locked in. We'll see next week how those come across. Now, the last thing we'll do for prediction-wise here is end credit scenes. Now, there is rumor that okay. there is two. There will be a pre-credit and a post-credit scene. What do okay. you think they are? Uh, one, obviously, uh, set up for Endgame. Yep. Um, the second one, I think, will be like a throwaway, like how uh, Fury loses his eye. Or maybe like, I don't know, um, something like 90s where like instead of like going to eat shawarma, maybe they like eat ice cream. Or actually, as I'm talking this out, it'll actually be how Fury gets the uh, beeper. The beeper? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The okay. uh, For all those young people on the podcast, the beeper or the <laughs> pager was a precursor to the cell phone. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have one? I never had a beeper. No, neither did I. Before my more before my time. Yeah, just before me too. Yeah. <laughs> Important people and drug dealers had them. Uh doctors too. Doc- doctors Important too. people. <laughs> yeah. Well, doctor, drug dealer, you know, no one would suspect you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, my predictions here are I think it will be one of them will be her and I don't know where this is because there's a prediction that our dude over at Tumbling Saver Kyle threw out that yeah. the pager itself can actually call through time oh, and not just directly yeah. to something. So in some capacity, it's going to be Captain Marvel receiving that pager, that Ooh, response. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that I think will be the post-credit scene. 
And to me, the pre-credit scene is going to be setting up the scroll invasion angle. They're going to see the idea that, yes, we defeated the scrolls, but there's going to be someone. You remember from Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you get that flash of Captain America being a scroll? Yeah, and he turns green. Yeah, he turns green just for a second, turns his head and shifts. I think it's going to be that. And it's going to be, say, it'll be someone... I'm I'm hoping it's like Maria Hill or something because that's been my prediction forever. It might be yeah. something very simple as just some low level shield agent that we don't know who it is. But at the same time, it's that turn, it's that thing seeds that angle. Those are my two predicted. Oh, I, I'd be down. I'd be so down with that. Yeah, I would. I would literally. I will just almost scream if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you fangirl if that happens. Eh? So hard, man. So hard. It's gonna be yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> I am super stoked about this. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk yeah. a little bit about this and some of the other trailers as well as catching up with you with what you've been doing the last few weeks. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. This is your podcast too, so you don't have to thank I me. I feel like a guest. I feel like, <laughs> like one of those like guests. It's like guest starring, you know, like sitcoms. Yeah. Guest starring Sanjay. Yeah. With Sanjay. all right man well that about wraps it up this week for the podcast now a few things we have to take care of before we do sign off and the top of the list is we have to congratulate our friends over at the san diego sabers radio podcast on their 100th episode very very exciting hitting the century club we got there about this time last year, I believe, or just towards the end of the year. So congratulations to them. 100 episodes is a hell of an accomplishment. That's a hell of a time investment. We're very familiar with that, and we can appreciate the time effort that goes into everything that they do. So congratulations from us here in the Nerd Room. Absolutely. That's great. Oh, Keep going, and here's to 100 more. Exactly. At We're least. working our way towards that ourselves. It's episode 200. Hopefully, I think, before the end, by the end of the year, or maybe close to. And... We gotta give him another big shout out to our man Rob Wade over at emotionally14.com and talk Star Wars. He endorses this podcast each and every week over at emotionally14.com. You can check out him, everything he does, as well as the other Emotionally 14 endorsed podcasts over at emotionally14.com. And you can also check out everything that's going on in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network over on StarWarsCommonwealth.com. That's where we have all of our fantastic podcast posting their episodes every week we're counting down the days towards celebration we're counting down the days towards a title reveal and eventual trailer like you said sanjay i think you did jinx it. this will likely drop well my wife yeah. is in mid-labor but oh 100 percent now yes we have the reliance on everyone in the commonwealth to give us that that feedback <laughs> that interpretation and that excitement <laughs> level around the inevitable drop of this Star Wars trailer, this title at some point in the not-too-distant future here. And, guys, we will be back next week. And I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, in some form or another. I don't know exactly who's going to be on the pod. I will likely be here. Sanjay will hopefully be here. Troy will likely not. <laughs> so we may be calling yeah. on a friend here in the city to come join us because we like to have that third opinion at the table when we are doing movie reviews. So... We're like I'm... our own Suicide Squad, rot- rotating cast of characters. Exactly, exactly. We've been prepping for this for months and months, so I think we'll be able to to kind of lay down a, a substantial review of Captain Marvel. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be the full concentration of the episode next week, so make sure to get out to the theaters. I'd like to say support Captain Marvel. I will say that, but Troy <laughs> has this in the box office fantasy pool. So, yeah, still get out there and support this because this, this movie, I think, is yeah. going to do big things. And then tune in next sure. week to the review. 
And I guess all that yeah. being said, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, you can always email us to the nerdrim at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter where we're always chilling with the Twitter gang. Our handle's at yeah. the end of the episode, so you can grab us there, jump into the conversation. We're going to be talking lots of Captain Marvel the next week or two, and then we're going to be driving towards Shazam and the eventuality of Avengers Endgame. So it's going to be a busy few months with movie reviews, and we're also going to be catching you guys up on all the collect and all that's going down in the nerd room nerd rooms with sunjay and troy and myself so until next week when we dig into the captain marvel review for the nerd room i'm tim and sunjay oh so great to have you back my man and thank you all (laughs) for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy and sunjay on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 and sunjabby for more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.